morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here, on another wild, wise sort of Wednesday for Torch Report 489, the rapid, radical transformation of America. Friends, today... We're going to be examining the convergence of several factors that do not bode well for the future of our country. Now, in yesterday's report, uh, by the way, yesterday, I'm sorry, I had some audio issues as I was going through. Something cut out. I missed. I had to splice it together. Blah, blah. My bad. I apologize for the subpar report, but uh, our podcast yesterday. At any rate, in yesterday's report, I had posited that the globalists push toward their final victory, their words, not mine, that that necessarily includes the destruction of the United States as we know it, as well as the genocidal reduction of the human population being conducted under the auspice of saving the planet. To achieve their final victory of the new society on the entire planet, both of these objectives must be achieved in tandem. So yesterday, if it wasn't explicitly clear, I want to make it perfectly clear today that both of these trajectories are currently in motion and accelerating day by day. Things are moving, they're picking up speed, and this is this is cause for concern. Now, those who are driving this agenda, uh, those who are motivated by a strong sense of urgency, they believe that, that the whole of humanity, that we, we have, we have already greatly exceeded our planetary capacity, and as a result, they believe that we are facing a catastrophic climate crisis that can only be solved by taking rapid and radical actions that will fundamentally disrupt and transform life as we know it. And, of course, not coincidentally, that fundamental disruption and transformation of American society is going to usher in a new society on the entire planet. Again, their words, not mine. And, friends, I I think it's really important that we keep this front and center. You know, as previously reported, This new society that they talk about, they call it Future Earth. And the central structure of Future Earth, this new global society, will be what they call Earth Systems Governance. And this is essentially global digital governance, wherein... Artificial intelligence manages all aspects of our lives in the great inescapable socialist surveillance state that currently remains utterly inconceivable to the average citizen. Most people have no idea what's about to happen, and it's happening right now. But it's there. Their words are, you know, on paper, put out there for everybody to see. They talk about this stuff uh, right out in the open, right out in front of God and everybody, because they are aware that there, there's too few people waking up and there's too little that can be done too late. So they think they're just going to get away with this. Now, as an optimist, I believe that there are strategies, workable strategies, things that we can do uh, to thwart this globalist takeover of humanity. But I'm going to set that aside for today uh, just to kind of drill down on, on what's happening in the headlines and how it kind of connects to or dovetails with this overarching globalist agenda. So... Over the last few weeks, since the shock and awe, baby beheading headlines yanked the public's attention toward the Middle East, I have repeatedly tried to steer the conversation back 
to these central facts that America is slated for destruction, that the global cabal is working to divide and conquer us all, and that their ultimate goals uh, are total control over a significantly reduced human population. So I want I want to keep those front and center because I these issues, you know, I contend these issues are much, much more important than the ongoing decades-long conflict between Israel and Hamas. Uh, and if... If you were inclined to follow my train of thought on this, try to kind of grasp where I'm coming from, I did put a slew of reports in here uh, from Torch Report 468 to Torch Report 473. Are global forces gathering for Armageddon? Sometimes the truth hurts. A logical evaluation of the Israeli situation, a full spectrum analysis of the bigger picture, how they plan on thinning the herd, and of course the trophy for the world's biggest victim. So yesterday's follow-up, Torch Report 488, the push toward the final victory really tries to pull all of that together. And with that stage set today, there are headlines out about how the Army's latest recruitment video, uh, which to quote one commentator, featured white men doing actual Army stuff. And because the Army's latest recruitment shows white men doing actual Army stuff, this is fueling speculation that the military is gearing up for war, war. Uh, when contrasted with the more diverse campaigns from recent memory, <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever caught the uh, the calling. This was an army video campaign that featured a young woman being raised by two lesbians before signing up to be a hero. That was uh, a more recent diverse campaign, and now they've got uh, recruitment videos showing white men doing actual army stuff, and so people speculate, and it's hard not to suspect that something's up here, you know? Unfortunately, unfortunately, the, the, uh, well, with women, quote-unquote, women like the trans activist Major Rachel Jones, uh, she's running the show, no joke, she uh, is now chief of the U.S. Army Sustainment Command's Cyber Division. It is not clear to me or anyone else how, how many white males, straight white males, are going to be eager to enlist and, and sign up as cannon fodder for another ill-fated war in the sandbox, you know, even if they can fly their LGBT flags in the process. Friends, the point is, I mean, it's laughable. It's despicable. But despite all of that, despite every conceivable reason not to be escalating tensions in the Middle East, and despite the less than optimum state of the U.S. military at the current moment, every indicator points toward the DC Warhawks and the MIC, the military industrial complex, continuing to just kind of have their way with us, extracting maximum profit and inflicting maximum pain in order to advance their relentless march toward the new world order. Dun, dun, dun! The new world order! <laughs> Zoiks, friends, lest we forget! You may recall, if you've been with me, that according to George Soros himself, the new world order is is the future of NATO. In other words, the new world order is the future of the Western alliance. And I think that's really a fascinating concept, especially given the fact that he was penning those words over 30 years ago. But 
Here we are now, we have U.S. fighter jets bombing, you know, several different facilities in Syria. We've got warships in the Mediterranean Reds and the Red Seas. We, we've got the rapid deployment of a nuclear submarine into the Persian Gulf. Uh, more than 30 different instances of drones and rockets bombarding U.S. and coalition forces. Friends, are we not already at war? I mean, it's kind of, it, it kind of seems like we're already at war and I don't know, but you know, can we get ourselves out of this mess? How do we get ourselves out of this mess? And I submit for your consideration, friends, that perhaps we don't get ourselves out of this mess. Perhaps that's the plan. So with that said, let's go ahead and zoom out here, way out, zoop, we go way out here because while the theater of war is a very real spectacle, we must not lose sight of the bigger picture. Again, just to reiterate, the globalists are working toward their final victory, which is the imposition of a new society upon the entire planet, a.k.a. the New World Order. So the, the final victory is the New World Order that, that George Bush and George Soros and many others have been talking about for decades. They've been working toward this uh, relentlessly, and to that end... There is currently a great geopolitical power shuffle going on right now. The, the, you know, with the meteoric rise of the BRICS, the, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and their 30-plus Arab nation coalitions, uh, the whole global south, you know, the rise of the global south, that being juxtaposed against the simultaneous weakening of the historically dominant Western Union, such as the European Union and the United States, the stage has been set for a facilitated transition to what the globalists call the, the, the new multipolar world. It's really the new multipolar fantasy of the global elites. And in order to help you put a face with this globalist fantasy, I did put a screenshot in here from the WEF. Friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know you just have to go to The Torch Report. Check out thetorchreport.com. You'll see this spiffy screenshot from the WEF. It says, a multipolar world brings back the national champions. Would you care to take a guess who these national champions of the multipolar world happen to be? Well, <laughs> happens to be none other than the French schmuck, President Emmanuel Macron, who happens to be one of the WEF's uh, young global leaders, by the way. And then this picture of the global na uh, national champions championing the, the multipolar world. Emmanuel Macron is shaking hands and being chummy with Xi Jinping, the esteemed leader of the Chinese Communist Party. Now, for those in the know... I think this photo op perfectly captures what's playing out behind the scenes here of all the globally orchestrated chaos, right? We've got a Western leader with the leader of the CCP, and they're all smiling in their BFFs. Now, in theory, or more accurately, uh, in the heavily conditioned perspective of the average American citizen, the European Union and the United States and the NATO alliance we're the good guys, right? And we're fighting against the evil Russian tyrant and the CCP who threatened to infect 
the world with their backwards communist thinking. That's the heavily conditioned perspective. It is said that we in the West are fighting for democracy, like, like Vladimir Zelensky, he's fighting for democracy. And China and Russia, you know, they're being led by commie tyrants who are hell-bent on building an empire that is inherently hostile to our precious Western values. Do you believe that, friends? Would you believe me if I told you that that was all an illusion? If, if you'll buy that, I'll throw the golden gate in free. I think it's absolutely critical to realize that in the minds of the global elites, such as the WEF, the UN, the WHO, the big banks, big tech, big pharma, the Bilderberg Group, etc., in their minds, the Chinese Communist Party is the stalwart role model for the world, right? The, the CCP, the Communist Party, is the role model for the world. That's why uh, Xi Jinping and Macron are, are all smiling, back-slapping chums, uh, national champions of the multipolar world. So, again, it's not speculation that that the Communist Party, the Chinese Communist Party, is a role model for the world because they've said it out loud and they've said it repeatedly. And it's clearly on display with the CCP being held up as a national champion by the WEF. This is a fact that we must accept, that the global elites aim to impose a communist-style global governance system that centralizes power and control in the hands of the unelected international elites. That's what they're working toward. This top-down global dominance is central to their final victory. So, because this is their explicitly stated goal, friends, I think it might be helpful for us to understand the multipolar fantasy as a sort of power-sharing scheme, wherein, uh, as the world socialists suggest, there is a permanent revolution, right? And this permanent revolution facilitates total control over the human pop population via... Uh, lockstep joint initiatives being rolled out by the so-called enlightened leaders, you know, these enlightened global leaders who happen to be wielding the all-powerful weaponized AI, you know, all of this is coming down right now. And the day that they, they achieve this final victory, friends, it's not far away. And I think one of the burning questions in my heart, and perhaps a burning question for every curious peasant on the planet, is how in the hell... Are they going to pull this off? I mean, this is insane. We're talking about a small group of people uh, taking over the world with weaponized AI, the great inescapable socialist surveillance state, uh, getting the, the masses to accept communist centralized control over every aspect of the device. How are they going to pull that off, Luke? Come on, that's crazy. You're nuts. There's no way. Well, maybe there is a way. I think, I think that the, the short answer is you know, to how in the hell they're going to pull this off. The short answer is they're going to pull it off through psychological warfare, uh, through conditioning people, subconsciously taming the masses. Uh, but they're going to use this psychological warfare, fifth generation warfare, and they're going to roll out a series of political disruptions that cleverly allow for international policies to be implemented at the national, state, and local levels. That's my speculation. That's how I think they're going to pull it off. I don't believe they're going to lay waste to U.S. cities, though I don't rule out a nuclear strike on American soil. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be ma mainly the psychological warfare and then those iterative disruptions that they like to talk about 
And this is how they're going to implement the globalist policy. So the, the pandemic, the shandemic, the plandemic, I think that that provides a perfect example of what this actually looks like in real time. So we can imagine something similar, another crisis rolling out. Uh, I think that the, the current, you know, shit show of off-year elections that just transpired provide another glimpse of how this might play out. I did put a screenshot from Fox in there and, oh my gosh, the GOP's hopes are crushed as Republicans suffer loss after loss after loss after loss in another bellwether election as if it's not planned to be that way. At any rate, I'll get into the politics, uh, the election tomorrow, but if you can imagine the uh, the bundling of all the propaganda and psyops over the last three years, all of the bending and breaking of rules and regulations and constitutional norms, bundle that along with all the state-funded censorship, the deep state collusion with the globalist agenda, and then take all of that and channel it, this whole menagerie of public manipulation into another national emergency just prior to the 2024 election. And I think you might have some sense of what's to come. Again, it's my speculation, but that's what I think. If we could squeeze that all into this hypothetical thought experiment, we can kind of get a glimpse of what's to come. And I believe, you know, ultimately there's going to have to be a catalyst, right? There has to be a catalyst to facilitate the collapse of the dollar in order to usher in the central bank digital currencies. There has to be some sort of catalyst, uh, some sort of constitutional crisis or wartime emergency to institute martial law. There has to be enough tension within the nation to stoke a civil war before the, uh, you know, the, the martial law that can disarm the rebels, right? There has to be a sufficient level of desperation before the peasants can be prodded to adapt and accept that uh, what they have in store for, for us. Things that would be inconceivable to Americans today or even, you know, just a few years ago, people are going to adapt and they're going to accept it because of the desperation that is being developed intentionally in the public psyche. So how? What's this catalyst? Well, how about a hung election in a civil war in 2024, just as Bill Gates predicted? Maybe. Can you imagine if we had a hung election and a civil war in 2024 and that happened while we were fighting wars on multiple fronts all around the world, say with Russia, Iran, and China all at the same time? Friends, the stage, again, is being set. While the future is impossible to predict, I believe that we can observe what's in motion. We can kind of map out the trajectories. It's like vector calculus. And when we can do that, when we can see what's in motion, map out the trajectories, then we can do our best to calculate the potential for how this is going to impact us at the personal level, at the local level, at the state national level. And within that framework, and within the framework of everything I've said today, Friends, I, I believe that it's absolutely critical, it's vitally important for us to tend to our own mental and emotional well-being. Tend to the mental and emotional well-being of your family and friends. It is, it is absolutely vitally important that we embrace and cherish the little things. Little things like a breath of fresh air. <sighs> Oh, you know, they're bringing mask mandates back in certain places right now. Isn't it nice to be able to breathe as a free human being? Cherish the little things like feeling the sun on our skin, the hug of a loved one, the laughter of our family and friends. These are the things that make life worth living. And no one can take these things away from us. Which means, which means that no matter what, no matter how the Great Reset plays out, life 
is still fundamentally good. And I would tell you, friends, that life is meant to be enjoyed. So therefore, we must prepare for the worst, but plan for the best. And above all else, get out there and embrace today. Live free, be brave, and stay wise, friends. That is the message of my heart for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to the website, thetorchreport.com. Find that little heart, click that little heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with someone. You know, you can share it with anyone. How about sharing it with everyone you know? Get out there and embrace this wild, whimsical Wednesday, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.